This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. If you want to find any of our work, go to Twitter. You can find me at Rowdy underscore Razor, or you can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find his work at pregame.com. As always, we're going to be going through five college football games, five NFL games. We'll look at the markets, see how they're moving, give some games away that maybe caught our eye in college and NFL football. So Dave, how are we feeling? We're halfway through the season. What are the changes now that we're halfway through? Well, we got to make some because last week was bad um, for me and this podcast. And I'm not sure if I really need to make changes, be a little bit more thorough. Um, you know, maybe I got a little bit overconfident. Um, yeah, I, 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 I need to just, I need to just take a step back. I mean, it's easy when you're going well to just keep, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that. But eventually, you need to not do that, and I need to not do that anymore. Yeah, Dave, I think that was four weeks in a row where we were pretty solid, and then last week was an e yikes type week, and me personally was also bad. So, I mean. We can only go up from last week, and I feel like our track record will say we will. I hope you're right. My checking account needs it to do that after last week. No, I just need to tell the 49ers all you had to do was win the game. I had them tied in a money line to a lot of things, and that was that was painful. Looking at our first game here for the podcast, let's go to, to college football Saturday. Number seven, Penn State, at number three, Ohio State. Probably the marquee game of the day. Currently looking at this line, this line has moved quite a bit here, but I'm I'm looking at it and it looks like it's about a Ohio State minus five total sitting there at 45 and a half. This one, the side is interesting because it's been moving all over. The total does nothing but but come down so far. Yeah, I'm going to be brief on this one. You know, at home, I I suspect the average better will jump on Ohio State. Um, but if I'm getting over a field goal with the seventh ranked team, I I have to seriously consider it. When when I look at the matchup stats, you know I don't see many advantages either way. Um, for the most part, uh, they're carbon copies of themselves. But I think Penn State has the better defense. They get more quarterback pressures. They're way better in turnover margin. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Penn State here, Rowdy. Yeah, I'm with you. Monday, right away when we got in, I said, give me Penn State plus the four and a half. I think this line is kind of, I think it opened at six and a half, jumped way down to four, four and a half, and now it's kind of crawled back up. But yeah, I was all over it. And to your point, I almost feel like these two teams are pretty even as well. And, you know, three points for home field. I would bet either team that was catching more than three points in this one, depending on where it was played. So yeah. I like Penn State above the the field goal. But just in general, these two teams played last year. Ohio State had a ton of NFL talent. Stroud, multiple receivers, multiple offensive linemen, multiple defenders, where Penn State lost, like, I don't know, Sean Clifford. And I I think you could argue Drew Alar is, is better right now than Sean Clifford was. I almost feel like Ohio State lost more talent. It was a close game last year in which Penn State kind of blew a a second-half lead, I'll take the points with Penn State. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, the total sitting at 45 means they don't expect a a shootout. And 
all the more reason to take five points. I mean, that's that's a little more than ten percent of the total points for the game. I mean, if you if you want to do the math. So I mean, I couldn't take Ohio State. You know, I'd be concerned if it went to six or above and stayed there, kind of a key number, but it didn't. So uh, it's Penn State for me. So there you go. First game out of the shoot. Dave and I are gonna agree with Penn State plus the points. Let's move to our second game here. Going to look at number 17, Tennessee, going to number 11, Alabama. Currently this line, Alabama favored by eight and a half. Total sitting there at, depending on where you look, 48, 48 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for this game? Yeah, I mean, people see Alabama and do we dare bet on them expecting them to play like we've seen them for 15 or 20 years? Or are they still overpriced? I mean, the one thing that's remained constant, though, for Bama is their defense. Uh, and my first inclination was to look at the under, uh, which I do like. But when the Vols have faced a good defense, they've been unable to put up points. 16 at Florida, 20 at home against A&M. So I don't see them doing a ton more than that this week. The market doesn't either. With a total of 48-ish, you know, cut that in half to 24. The line's eight. Take half of that from 24. You get a a Vols total of about 20. If it was 21, I'd jump on the under, uh, and I still might, but we have time. I mean, with that said, the Vols defense hasn't faced a huge test, but is Alabama a huge test anymore? I don't know. I don't trust Milrow not to turn it over, or I'd take Alabama. Then again, you know, it's over eight for a reason. So if you made me, I would lay the points, and I do like the uh, the Vols team total under. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Again, these were my first two bets I gave out on Monday, Penn State, and then it was the Tennessee-Alabama under. I mean, you mentioned it. Alabama's defense is good. It's been better than it was the last couple years. I feel like people that remember this series, they can go back and look, and the last couple of of games between these two teams have been like upper 50s and 40s. Those were two different teams. That was, you know, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, a lot better offenses. Now both of the teams have better defenses and, and sketchier quarterback and offensive play. I'm with you. The under is the play, and I agree. The only way I can play would be Alabama at home. I, w- I would lean to Bama on the side. Yep, same. Let's move to game number three. This is this was Dave's favorite game on the board. We're going to go to Minnesota, traveling to number 24, Iowa. Currently in this game, Iowa favored by three and a half. Total sitting there at 31 and a half, Dave. Are you ready for a barn burner? Uh, no, I'm sure that I won't even I won't even see one play of that game unless it's the last play and it, it matters to my bankroll. And you know, I, I why are you making me even look at this game? Um, whether the total was 31 and a half last night. I mean, the first team to 14 is going to win. I mean, nobody outside of Ames or Minneapolis is going to watch this. Let's let's just let's just call a spade a spade. I'll take the Iowa money line. Minnesota's defense is just bad enough to to have Iowa win a close game. But you know, if you made me use the spread, I'd probably take Minnesota because I'm I'm getting 12 percent of the total before the game kicks off. So you know, if I'm betting that game, I'm probably uh, I'm not laying three and a half points in a in a game that won't see 35. Period. You know, I'm just probably still good, uh, but I would I would take the Iowa money line. Are we starting to treat Iowa football almost like they're a service academy? Like you have to take the unders in in matchups against other slow teams. Well, I mean, 31 and a half. And some of the lowest totals in the last 10 years, I want to say I saw like a stat where Iowa's been involved in like four out of the five. 
I don't doubt it. And probably most of those have stayed under. I mean, they're begging you to take the over at that number. Well, I will agree with you in the fact that I would take Minnesota plus the three and a half. Basically, this Minnesota team lost their their star running back. Their more senior-laden quarterback moved on. They did lose some pieces on defense. The defense is nowhere near what it had been under P.J. Fleck. But then you look at Iowa, and this is such a struggle for them to score. Deacon Hill was a third-string quarterback for the Badgers years ago. They don't run the football as well as they have in the past. The defense is still good. I don't know. I heard a lot of noise this week about how P.J. Fleck is is horrible against Iowa. He can't beat them. I look at that Iowa team, and it's like, I mean, to stay within three and a half points of that offense, it feels like it won't take that much. Plus, P.J. Fleck got the uh, extra bye week ahead of him. It just feels like a lot of the noise is Iowa football all of a sudden, even though it's been ugly. I would take the points with Minnesota plus the three and a half. Again, I don't really have a strong play on the total. This is just low as hell, and you score a couple of touchdowns each, this might even go over. Yeah, I mean, you might look at the first half team total. If it's 14 and a half, well, 16, about 15, I would I would probably look at the first half under as well. I know it's it's dicey, but that's not the bet the books want you to make, so I'd make it. Well, let's move on to our next game. Sitting here looking at number 13, Ole Miss, traveling to Auburn to take on unranked Auburn. Currently looking at this line, you have Ole Miss favored by six and a half with a total sitting there at 54 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Ole Miss Auburn? Yeah, this was pretty easy for me. I mean, I, I went into it just loving to find a way to take the points. But, you know, Auburn hasn't been Auburn. But, you know, they just played a pissed-off LSU team, Texas A&M on the road in Georgia, uh, who they only lost to at home by seven. Uh, they held Georgia to 27 points. I mean, I like the fact that it's a night game. I like that fact a lot. Uh, simply put, Georgia's better than Ole Miss. Ole Miss lost in their only conference road game to Alabama. So I'll be that guy who thinks Auburn can, can't can suck that bad uh, at home at night. Give me the points. This will be our first disagreement. I'm going to take Ole Miss minus the six and a half. Now, if this game would have been at seven and a half, I probably would have leaned towards Auburn. But under a touchdown, I do like Ole Miss. I mean, Lane Kiffin does have that extra week of prep. You mentioned the three games for Auburn the last three weeks at LSU, home against Georgia, at Texas A&M. Those are three physical teams. At what point is that going to wear on you? But overall, I think Ole Miss defense is normally probably perceived as soft. They've been better against the run this year than Lane Kiffin's teams in the past. Auburn can't do anything but run the football. Peyton Thorne was an old Michigan State quarterback. He's he's not it. And Hugh Freeze used to coach at Ole Miss, so you, you sure there's some guys hanging around there that can help Lane Kiffin with a thing or two. And they actually matched up a couple of years ago, Liberty Ole Miss. So he has seen you know who Hugh Freeze and some of his teams. And this is an Auburn team that these aren't Hugh Freeze players yet. So I, I think it's established Lane Kiffin with an extra week and some familiarity versus a guy that these aren't his players. They're trying to do their best. I get it. It's a night game, but I think Ole Miss pulls away. Give me Ole Miss minus six and a half. You're going to be that guy. I am. You're going to be SpongeBob. Hey, SpongeBob wins sometimes, you know, that's yeah. what keeps him around. I'm not sure we agree. Um, at all. I mean, I, you know, actually, I just looked at that. You got 91% of the tickets on Mississippi and Circa in Vegas just came down to six. 
So I'm on the sharp side. You can be SpongeBob and we'll see what happens. We'll have to make note of what that outcome is next Thursday. Or not. Yeah. Or not if like Auburn blows Ole Miss out. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's look at our final college football game. It's going to be number 14, Utah, traveling to number 18, USC. Currently, you look at the line here. USC favored by seven. Total sitting there at about 53 and a half. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for Utah, USC? Yeah, I don't know. Utah, I mean, there's talk in Utah about Cam Rising taking a medical redshirt year and coming back for, a, I think, his seventh season. Um, you know, I wonder if that affects anything, uh, like eventually playing for next year or not. I mean, I'm going to go with no. I mean, they could hand USC their first loss, and they still have Oregon and Washington left on their schedule. So there's a path to the playoffs for them. You know, the bad news is without Rising, this offense is just really bad. Uh, if and when they have to throw the ball. Uh, I don't think they have a good enough ground game to play keep away, even with the terrible USC defense. I mean, they're only averaging 19 points a game, but this is the USC defense. So I think Southern Cal gets it done. I might look at the huge team total over, depending on what the number is, simply because USC's defense is that bad. uh, And that's probably not a bet they want you to make. But we'll see. I mean, I, I got to go with USC, even though I don't like them, never have liked them, and 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 don't like Nick and Riley. But I got to take my 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 emotion out of that. I just don't think Utah has, even with that defense, I don't think they've got enough ways to score. Well, we're going to have another disagreement because, you know, I would lean to the under in this game. But I kind of I think I would like Utah plus the seven more if you can get a full touchdown here. And and basically my reason being, I know the Cam Rising rumors. I feel like we've been talking about that since week one. Whether he plays or not, I think if he plays, obviously there's a boost. Seven's a good number. If he doesn't, oh, well, that feels like that's probably the right number. And you talked about how bad that USC defense has been, and and it, it is bad. Utah offense hasn't been very good, but if USC's D is this bad, where they give up 48 to Notre Dame, 41 to Arizona, 41 to Colorado, 28 to Arizona State, I feel like Utah can put up some points, and defense travels. I feel like this team has kind of had USC's number. I think in the last four games, Utah's 4-0 against USC. Now, a lot of that came with Cam Rising, but this feels like a must-win game for Utah as, you know, they go to 2-2 two and two in the Pac-12, they're done. USC still has not suffered a loss in the Pac-12. They would still have a shot. I don't know. I feel like I like the 7 with Utah. It feels like they have the number if they can control the clock and run the football a little bit. They can they can take this total under and they could cover the 7. Well, I'll be the SpongeBob on this one. See, I was the guy, Dave. Remember a couple of weeks ago where I asked you, do you think this USC defense can get up for this game? And you're like, no, they're just that bad. And then they played Notre Dame. And I, I'm with you. I think they're just that bad. Because no, Notre Dame's better than last year, but it's not like that's a phenomenal offense. No, uh, you know, I just think that eventually, you know, why I kind of like the Utah team total over is, you know, yeah, the USC defense is that bad and Utah might get a couple, but, you know, if they are behind and, you know, by enough and, and USC puts in the water boys who are even worse uh, than Utah might grade a couple late ones. That yeah, It's not that I expect Utah to just run up and down the field with them. Well, that'll do it for our college football slate. Dave, looking at the 
market or any other games that caught your eye for this weekend that you wanted to throw out there? Well, let's run it down real quick. I'll just look at the rotations here and see what we can come up with. Um, don't see a whole lot here yet in the early games. Cincinnati over Baylor. Uh, that looks like a that looks doable according to the market. I would not rule out Indiana at home against Rutgers getting five points. Um, Navy Air Force hate that game. Hate that game. You know, I got a feeling your Badgers are in trouble. I might take the two and a half uh, with Illinois. The market likes BYU. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that. Moving right along, um, a lot of people like Central Florida plus more than two and a half touchdowns at Oklahoma. I can't disagree. Uh, that is probably an over game as well. Uh, Texas Houston. I think they. I think Texas rips Houston a new one. TCU Kansas State, tough one. I I like the over in that game quite a bit, and we are nearing the end. North Texas Tulane. I'll take Tulane. They'll beat North Texas by thirty. That's it, pal. Yeah, I was looking at it, and I concur with Cincinnati. Uh, another game early in the week that I got was Memphis. Thought that one looked pretty good. UAB's defense is is Swiss cheese. I kind of agree with the market play with BYU plus the four and a half. And then I actually looked at UNLV in the first half minus four and a half and Arizona state. If that goes to 28, I think I would probably play it against Washington and then the other one, but it it moved too much on me early in the week, Michigan state's team total was 12 and a half. And I looked at it last night because I wanted to give it out this morning. It was down to nine and a half. And I think Um the 10 numbers probably about right against Michigan. So yeah, I think that'll do it for the, the other games that I was looking at. Yeah. I would still think about that Michigan state team total. You know, I'm, if if it's not going to go to 10, it's not going to go past seven. So I think I would take under seven and a half at, you know, you probably get that at like plus a buck and a half. I said to myself that I would probably play it anything under 10 and a half. And when I found it, was it Tuesday? It was at 12 and a half. And then when I revisited it, yeah, it was back down to, to nine and a half. So I felt like eh, I lost the value. Yeah, you did. But moving on here, Dave, you want to find any of our content? You can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler or at pregame.com. Again, we ask that you like, share, subscribe, listen, and download the podcast. Uh, let's transition here into the NFL games, Dave. The first NFL game we're going to look at, it's going to be the Cleveland Browns going to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Currently, we have a line of Cleveland favored by three, total sitting there at four and a half. This, uh, the screen just moved from two and a half to three for Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, the first question you have to answer is whether or not Watson's playing. And secondly, does it matter? Uh, I, I don't think he is playing. But they have an elite defense. We saw what they did to San Francisco, and they've been doing that all year. I expected better from the Colts at Jacksonville last week. They they did dominate several categories, but uh, the, not the most important one, which is turnovers. I They could have won that game, and maybe I was uh, too much for Minshew to return. You know, I thought he'd play better, but maybe it, it kind of kind of blew up on me there. But, you know, now he'll face an even better defense, uh, and with or uh, without a uh, healthy, stable of quarterbacks, uh, the Colts are going to struggle to score. Um, I suppose it's possible that the Browns have a letdown they, after last week. I, I do admit I was somewhat surprised the Browns were only minus two Tuesday, and there was some one and a half to be found out. You know, I'm afraid, although the market isn't sold on Cleveland, I, 
I think even less than last week, less than last week's effort keeps the Colts off the scoreboard for the most part. And, you know, the Browns offense hasn't done much at all without Watson. You know, the only other time Cleveland played on the road this season was a loss at Pittsburgh. So there's only two bets I can make here. Uh, and that would be the under and that would be the Colts in that order. Yeah, I looked at this game and I, I felt like it would be the easy first thoughts would be under for this game and probably Cleveland, especially coming off of the the San Francisco win. It's a team that's defense statistically is is one of the best in the league. So I didn't necessarily want to play that. I actually looked at it and it was kind of the same sentiment of what you said with Gardner Minshew. The one play that I would probably make in this game if I had to make a bet, it's probably the Colts team total under. Minshew looked horrible. It's like they finally got to him or, or not that they finally figured him out, but he's come back down to earth. I mean, you just look at the Colts just in general. They're starting to have injuries that pile up both offensively and defensively where guys are starting to get banged up or they have been banged up. This Browns defense looks like it's for real. I would look at the Colts team total under and probably just in general take the full game under because Deshaun Watson dealing with that shoulder injury, if he plays, he looked a little better than he did last year, but not much. And if he's banged up, I can't imagine this Browns offense scoring a ton. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw yesterday where Kareem Hunt missed practice too. So, you know, they might go from Nick Chubb to who knows. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. They've been able to run the football all right without Nick Chubb, but if you face a all right defense, which Indianapolis's defense is okay, yeah, I think Indianapolis defense is very good. I mean, they when, held Jacksonville to about 250 total yards last week. When does that, you know, we don't have Nick Chubb fall off? And we'll find that out here sometime this year. I think it might be this week. Let's move to our next NFL game. Going to look at the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Chicago. Currently, the Raiders favored by three with a total of 38 and a half. Dave, I gave this one out earlier this week as well. So I, I want to hear your opinions. Oh, it's short and sweet because you just told me we were going to do this game. I like the Bears. You know, we don't know if Garoppolo's playing. We don't know who's playing. But who the F are the Raiders to be a three-point favorite on the road to anyone right now? Uh, they just can't be. I mean, I'm not puffing up the Bears by any means. But their upside, we've seen it a couple of times. And the Raiders' defense is, eh. Um, it's also probably going to be a little bit windy, in the, but... There's no way I could lay points on the road with the Raiders. And you can probably add to that by, you know, last week's game wasn't a huge game for the Raiders as a team, but it was for Josh McDaniels going against Belichick. And quite frankly, they could have easily lost that game. So there's no way they can be road favorites against Chicago. Give me the Bears. We're going to have a disagreement, and I might be SpongeBob here, but I'm going to take the Raiders minus the three. Uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo plays, great. But at least I, I know that the backup AOC has actually played pretty well for Las Vegas when he's filled in. But when I look at the bears, I really don't know what I'm getting. Like Justin Fields isn't going to play in this game. I know that the Raiders D is susceptible on the ground, but you got to imagine about half of that rushing from the bears is Justin Fields and Badgett. I mean, coming from a division two school, I can't have any faith in him throwing the football. It's not like their line is good, and Max Crosby has been a problem. I feel like the Raiders aren't a good team. Well, I should say I know the Raiders aren't a good team, but the last three, four weeks, the defense has played a lot better than it did the first few weeks of the season. 
the Bears just aren't that great. I don't know how they're going to score without Justin Fields because I don't think Badgett's very good. And I think uh, Fields is better than some people actually think for, you know, the offense he actually does create. Well, I like taking the other side because you can just gloat on the radio all week long and I can't have a say in it. So, you know, I'm happy for you if uh, if you win. Well, I feel like with the Bears, too, that I forgot to mention, Khalil Herbert's on the IR. I know Travis Homer's dinged up. I know um, – I think another running back is dinged up. I think Foreman's like the only 100% healthy running back, and if if that's the one way that you can move the football on the Raiders and you have no healthy running backs or no guys that can move the football using their feet, you think Badgett can win the game against a all-right pass defense against the, the Raiders? I, I don't know. You're talking like the Raiders should be favored by 10. I just I, I just don't see this. I don't see the Bears winning this game. I feel like it could be a really big disaster. Well, maybe they won't. Maybe it'll be a 17-16 game, and I'll, I'll take my three points and – be happy. All right, let's move on to another NFL game. We're going to look at the Detroit Lions going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Right now you have the Ravens favored by three and a total of 42 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Detroit, Baltimore? Well, I'm not just going to jump on the Lions like a lot of people might. I mean, they've seemingly overnight become a public team. I, I do believe they have a defense that's better than people think, but you know, it's not elite. They they haven't played any good offensive teams yet, but, you know, is Baltimore's offense elite? No, uh, no, it's not. But, you know, not when you have to settle for six field goals like they did last week. But, you know, their defense last week held the Titans to 150 yards passing, the Steelers to 200, uh, and I think uh, the Browns to 73. So they've only given up a little over 400 yards through the air in the last three games. Um, the Lions' offense has got – they've scored 23 times all against good defenses, and and Baltimore does have a good defense. Their successes came against the Packers, the Panthers, and the Seahawks. Um, two of those three at home. I'm I'm throwing the Ravens. I'm not throwing the Ravens under the bus for the London trip. You know, do a little calculation. They were probably home before the Sunday night game kicked off last week. If they'd have played on the West Coast, they'd they'd have lost far more hours than they did coming from London. So. I'm going Baltimore. They're favored by three for a reason. Dave, uh, I kind of wanted to go contrarian. All these totals have been pretty low, and most of them seem to be betting the under or going even lower. I just looked at uh, you know some of the the quarterback numbers, and believe it or not, two of the guys that have been top, you know, arguably top five quarterbacks in a lot of statistics, it has been Goff, and it has been Lamar Jackson. You look at these two defenses, and yeah, they've been pretty good. I know that some people have question marks about the Lions, but I think they're all right. But they, they're kind of starting to get dinged up in the secondary. If Baltimore has the ability to throw on them, they, they should be able to. But I actually think the Ravens might have a distinct difference in a lot of the run games that the Lions have shut down, and that's the quarterback and his legs. Like, the Lions have been good but it's been against the straight-ahead run, not the quarterback running. I think there might be an advantage there. And then this really good Baltimore Ravens D, they're starting to – they were dinged up at the beginning of the year, but they're starting to get dinged up again. I'm going to go Contreras and take the over. Yeah, I mean, the totals come down a little bit there, but and there's a reason for that. There's several games that have come down a lot. And if you notice, um, I believe the Giants game, uh, I believe the Eagles game – uh, games in the in the sort of Baltimore Northeast, if you will, uh, you probably see a decent amount of wind 
and perhaps some rain. So I think those totals coming down are strictly totals players that just bet the weather. But that would be why that totals come down. Yeah, and real quick, Dave, there's been a lot of unders and a lot of unders that have hit and a lot of games where the unders continue to be bet. Do you think it's time to start looking at potentially overs because there'd be value? I think that's a case-by-case basis, to be honest with you. I mean, a couple of those games I could make a case for it, uh, but the weather's kind of going to be shitty. So, you know, at some point, yeah, they're going to over-adjust. I don't know if it's this week, but... You know, I don't think it's a blanket statement. I think it's a, I think it's a game by game thing. And as far as this game goes, um, I would, I still like the under. But uh, you make a, you make a valid point. All right, let's move to the the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, currently looking at these lines, we have the Chiefs favored by five and a half with a total of forty seven and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for Chargers Chiefs? Yeah, first I thought I'd like LA here after a close loss to Dallas, but it was a Monday game, short rest, and and Dak did light up that secondary. If they weren't playing a Chiefs team with ten days rest, I might feel differently. I could make the argument it's a division game, familiarity, yada yada yada. I could also make the argument that aside from this, from Week One against the Lions, the Chiefs um, have faced a bunch of inept offenses, and that does have some weight, but. I think with the criticism L.A. and Calamora getting, might do some good to get out of town and play on the road. I, I saw it, uh, the total tank on Monday, uh, and it could be good for me because I, I like the over. But I think the Kansas City offense needed this week to get right, and there's the familiarity, which often leads to an under. But what I'm going to do here is take the Chiefs team total over. It's 27. Um, suffice it to say, uh, it, it you know, it's it, – it, it, and in the interest of the time here, the Chargers' pass defense has some unfathomably bad numbers. So I think they're playing the wrong team at the wrong time. Yeah, I, I thought this looked like it would be an easy over game where that number looked too low. So I, I wanted to maybe attack it a little differently. And I remembered how Andy Reid is, you know, a magician off of a bye. Well, they have the mini bye coming off of Thursday. You mentioned it, Chargers defense has been awful especially against the pass and you're playing arguably the best quarterback in the nfl with the, one of the best arms in the nfl i kind of like the chiefs in the first half but didn't mind the over but it felt too obvious yeah and kansas city defense is a whole lot better than advertised so you know i like the chiefs i like their team total over i think the Chargers might struggle final game that we're going to look at here going to be the miami dolphins traveling to philadelphia to take on the eagles currently this line, Eagles minus the two and a half with a total of 51 and a half. Dave, what are you thinking for our final game here? Yeah, that Miami went over Carolina. I think it was more impressive than it looked. I mean, they spotted the Panthers 14 and then dominated. I mean, I'm going I'm to chalk up that rough motivation spot for the Dolphins there, knowing they had this game on deck. I, I can't say that about the Eagles loss with four turnovers last week. I, I know um, it's an elite Jets defense, but four turnovers is four turnovers. My issue here for the from Tua and keep them on the field. So I like the under here quite a bit. Yeah, Dave, you cut out there, but it sounds like you like the under. Uh, I, I looked at this, and for me, the Eagles had four turnovers. They had an opportunity to beat the Jets, and the Jets seem like a decent team with a good defense. They're just missing the quarterback, a la the injury to Aaron Rodgers. But I look at this Dolphins team, and again, they put the pedal to the metal in the second half against the the Panthers. 
when they've played tough physical teams in the past, like the Bills, like the 49ers, like some of these teams that have that physicality in common, it feels like this speed finesse offense has kind of folded. And I kind of like Philly maybe two and a half, probably like the money line more. But it feels like a game where Philadelphia bounces back. Dolphins maybe struggle a little bit with the physicality on both offense and defense of the Eagles. I just felt like the the over felt like it was super obvious because both these teams can score. I think Philly's defense is solid. It just needs to wake up. And the Dolphins, theirs might be a bit underrated. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if I had to pick one bet that I like the most there, it's the under in this game. So Dave's going to go with the under. I know he cut out there a little bit. And I would probably lean with the Eagles, but uh, would probably, if I had to play it, take the Eagles on the money line. That'll do it for winner's take. Again, just want to ask that you download, share, subscribe. We'll continue to pump out Thursday shows, NFL, college football. I guess the last thing I'll leave you with, if you want to find our content, follow me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor or Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. We'll be back next week. But until then, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.